Welcome back to another episode he of the Banana, Banana Show, where we speak said, about um, everything self-help and mental health say. related. So I'm going to I ask you again, Banana, anything, and today we're going to talk is there to anything, Alex and his partner any other about web designing. Wish you had this when is the third episode of the Young know, know. series, and this series is Ooh, aimed to inspire <laughs> and inform about how to start a I business, just, everything you know, in between that, as well as mental health related to business. What he had Remember said about like, you know actually making sure and he's told and me this many there times won't be a video when he had to reevaluate things during the pandemic. I'm still going you know, to he upload decided it anyway that, because you know business you know, had gotten I'm not bad at that recording point for the industry he was um, in. But also he had to kind of reevaluate at that time and decide whether or not he cared that the business of the you know the regenerative medicine had gotten bad. And if he truly was dedicated to it or not, and that is why he you know totally made that full immersion on into Apple cryptocurrency and decentralized finance you um, know the gist because so, it was something that he was passionate about and, and i know personally interview. when i was throwing so I want concerts to welcome you it was something that i heavily believed in to my core i did so much i tried so hard in that episode through absolute we have been trying to get you on for a long time and what i was doing almost to the point of it being like if i was like a prophet in a religion or something like that it's like your business this is what i have to do i don't care who's standing in my way you know it's like well i don't um, care i guess i'll go ahead and start so my business is wonder web development um i do web design i do blogging um commercial creation video creation um all sorts of stuff basically whatever my clients need um i will go ahead and take care of that stuff for them uh, the way that I got started, basically, my mom and my sister opened up a little shop where they did baby resale stuff. And at the time, they needed a website and didn't have the money to actually do it. So I decided to take on that task. I had never done it before. So I just learned how to do it all by myself and built that site for them. And then from there, I started getting other recommendations and kind of started diving in a little bit deeper with Fry. Wow, that is crazy. And it's amazing how a business opportunity came out of you taking the time out to figure out how to do things on your own. Exactly. And it definitely wasn't it wasn't my first endeavor either. Uh, I actually had opened my first business when I was 18 and then sold that one to one of my friends. And then Ooh. from there, at the age of 21, I think. Yeah, 21, I decided to start doing concert production. And Whoa. yeah, did that until uh, the economic collapse in 2010. Oh, would you like to tell us a little, little about that business that you created at 18 and why you decided to sell it to your friend? Yeah, um, so it was a video production company. Um, we were filming skate videos and... Um, I, I just got kind of bored with, uh, doing it. I got kind of bored with the people that were around me. And at that point I had already started my concert production. 
And so I just sold it to him so he could take over everything. And we had released our first uh, film at that point. But yeah, I was just kind of over it and ready to move on to something new. Oh, so I have a very important question. With all the knowledge that you have gained at the age of 18, did you realize that when you were starting this specific business that some of the information rolled over? That's a little hard to say. I mean, I guess I've I've always been kind of entrepreneurial in that aspect, but I really don't think that too much of that really rolled over. It was a it was a very different world. But once I got into concert production, that's actually how I met Fry for the first time. Uh, um, congrats, though, because it takes a bit of a resilience to know that, um, to start a business and know that, okay, this is not for me anymore and move on. Exactly. So what are some of the obstacles you face while trying to learn um, everything from the beginning all over again fry do you want to take this uh, i guess she's starting with you though i think you're telling your perspective first right <laughs> yeah we've got we've got pretty similar stories in a lot of ways though it's okay you... well yeah do you want me to continue or do you want him to go ahead and continue and then i'll tell my version next yeah yeah That's gotcha. so go what was the question again um, the question was, what was the question? <laughs> 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 um, I lost my thought process. I'm sorry about that. I think the question was, how did, what obstacles did you encounter while building from the ground up? Um, well, from the first one, uh, definitely finances were an issue, um, I've had a lot of trouble in the past whenever I try and actually build a business with another person. Um, I usually be, I, I usually end up being the one who's a lot more dedicated and a lot better financially with things. So I've had a lot of uh, struggles with working with other people in the past. So it's a constant battle to relearn to trust someone again. <laughs> because, you know, it's like every time that I do it, I'm always like, it's like loaning someone money. You're like, well, that was a mistake. I should never do that again. Find yourself doing it again. And you're like, what the hell is wrong with me? Why did I do that again? <laughs> Trust it's a great me, way I'm to lose friends. friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a great way to find out the real ones too. To find out the ones that will actually pay you back $10. <laughs> Uh, trust me, I understand. You want to go ahead and ans answer the question, Defray? Yeah, like some of the obstacles I've had. Well, my story's, um, I guess, similar in some ways because we got we got started in similar industries. So my first business that I ever started marketing was Raves. I uh, used to basically host uh, entertainment events. Uh, mm -hmm. Some legal, some on the fringe of being legal, but did the best <laughs> I could to get permits and so forth. Um, and that was back when I was 17 and, uh, my real first brush with marketing, just realizing how to make something look good on a flyer, how to get people to attend an event, so on and so forth. And at one point me and, uh, Alex were actually competitors. Uh, so we were hosting, uh, different types of events in the space, but, um, we actually kind of became friends from all that. It was pretty cool. But today, I only service clients in the realm of decentralized finance, uh, which is basically people who are involved in cryptocurrency and wow. even building, so to speak, crypto banks. 
Um, they're not technically banks. They don't work like the, the exact way that those um, some financial uh, things you might see in traditional finance, they don't work exactly like that, but they're on the blockchain. So they work better, in my opinion. Um, anything you can do with banking from lending and borrowing to insurance, they have a DeFi, decentralized finance version of it. And it's better than what I think is offered in the traditional markets, which is why I've gravitated to that. Um, and also in recent days, uh, Alex has taken an interest in that as well. Just uh, kind of seeing what I'm doing, the kind of clients I'm working with and the kind of you know profits and success you can create for yourself working in the space. So I guess... I guess to come back to your question about, um, you know, obstacles and things like that, I'd say a big part of it is being misled by people who want to waste your time with this or that. And it's amazing how much, how ripe for fraud, uh, just our, our economic, just what it is to be a business person, I think in America today, and just the ethics, the ethical issues you deal with on a daily basis, not to mention post COVID. I mean, they were there pre COVID, but post COVID, I just told myself, I have to be in this for, for the passion, or I can't overcome the difficult days. I can't deal with the down days when the markets aren't looking good. Um, unless I really believe in what I'm doing. And that's why, you know, this is the only market I service now. Wow. So you try to keep like a tunnel vision on it to ensure that you don't have to pay attention to too much things that will lead you astray. Yeah, in a sense, it's it's just very much being focused on what makes sense and having an open mind for sure, but not letting people lead you to this thing or that thing is going to be the thing that's going to, you know, make it work for you. It's like if I if I know I'm going the right direction, I feel like I'm just waiting for it to come to me, whatever it is that, that I'm trying to reach the goal. It could be, I want to reach this number or I, I want to achieve this goal or, or work with this person or do this thing. It's like, once I know that I'm doing something I'm passionate about and I'm working towards it every day, I also just kind of feel like I'm waiting for it to land on my plate, so to speak. And you don't feel the same when you're chasing something that isn't meaningful to you. Yeah, that is so true. That is so true. Um, since COVID, how do you manage to stay motivated? I know you mentioned that you have to have a passion for what you're doing, but otherwise, how do you how do you both stay motivated to commit to your business? I have two things uh, in front of me when I walk downstairs every day. I have my laptop and my computer set up for crypto. And I have my Peloton that I work out on. And those are the two things that keep me motivated every day. I have that or the other thing to work on. And if I can't keep myself busy with one, I keep myself busy with the other. And if I keep it that simple, then I'll be successful. (laughs) Oh, that's actually, that's actually a great way to put it. You don't keep clutter in your space to distract you from what is actually important and you make it you allow yourself to have options and you give yourself time to have options so i think that that is something that is something that i should apply to myself as well so thank you for that information and tell us a little bit more about cryptocurrency because i know i've been hearing it and also the word bitcoin but I haven't taken the time out to understand all of that. So 
you can tell us a little bit more about that in the simplest way so that my listeners can understand. Sure. So I think a lot of people are starting to understand cryptocurrency in terms of Bitcoin. And the use case there is usually coming from the scarcity argument. It's that there's only so much Bitcoin because of the energy consumption and need to buy additional Bitcoin. There's only so much Bitcoin. So theoretically, as the demand increases and there's less Bitcoin, the price goes up. And you also have an asset that is decentralized, can't be taken from you. Uh, by anyone, you know, as long as you keep your private keys secure. And and Bitcoin uh, was enough for quite some time. But the issue was when you saw the rise and fall in 2018 and all this different price action that's been crazy with cryptocurrencies, the problem is, and Vitalik uh, Buterin from Ethereum said it best, he said, you know, we're going to see, he, it was basically, he said something to the effect of, you know, have we earned it yet? Like everything looks so great, but have we earned it yet? Like is the technology there? Like, are we actually ready for this wave that's come to us? And it wasn't. And there was a huge drop off in both Ethereum and Bitcoin around that time 2018, because the technology wasn't quite there. Flash forward to today, you have an institutional investment because the technology is there. You have companies like MicroStrategy finally coming to the table and saying, we want to invest in Bitcoin and Ethereum. And it's because not just what's happening with Bitcoin, but what's happening with smart contracts built on Ethereum. So if you understand Bitcoin and you understand, you know, the, the fact that you have a secure cryptocurrency and what it kind of means in that sense, what I think of Ethereum as is like a network. Um, people have called Bitcoin gold and Ethereum silver, but I don't really think that's a fair comparison because there's so much more you can do with Ethereum than you can do with Bitcoin. Uh, these basically financial technologies, uh, protocols are able to replicate the actions of banks by building cryptocurrencies on top of Ethereum, uh, in, in, uh, decentralized finance. Some good examples are compound finance, uh, Uniswap, um, and they basically just offer these different utilities of people to, uh, maybe earn interest on their money like they would in a bank, but better interest than they could ever earn in a bank. Um, being able to lend and borrow without the same KYC, you know your customer conditions as traditional banking. There's just a lot that decentralized finance offers and the space is growing. It's still very like small in terms of people actually understanding what it is. So it has so much space to go to grow. And that's why I think the smartest thing people can do if, if they believe in that use case and they don't want to spend 24 seven on it like me buy Ethereum. That's that's my my pitch. OK, I mean, I kind of understand, but I think I need like more information. So I'm going to go ahead and do my own research. But it sounds interesting um, based on the fact that you mentioned there is more interest on it than you would a traditional bank so correct correct you're talking like whereas you could get 0.05 percent apy with a traditional savings account uh yeah. in a standard stable coin like you know something from yearn you could earn at least five percent and at one point yearn vaults were earning like 50 percent apy and even if you're willing to go a little bit more risky or go with some of the other types of protocols out there, you can stake and earn uh, as much as like 100% APY. 
I'm currently working with a protocol called Shared Stake, was, which is essentially a place for you to stake Ethereum. And you can earn uh, double the rewards and with half the fees as some of the other protocols that are available in the ETH 2.0 staking space. So if you believe in Ethereum and you want to stake Ethereum, there's, there's places to do it. Um, and the, the APYs are just so much greater than what you'd ever get in a bank. Wow. It's also because it's not well known, the best time to be um, invested, if you believe in it, would be right now because it does pay off. I, I think I saw something on social media with someone getting rich off of Bitcoin. Um, yeah, I saw them getting rich off of Bitcoin. And I know you shouldn't really invest because you believe that that's the same result that you're going to get immediately. But if it's something that you believe in, then why not? Yes. Um, you know, the most important thing when it comes to investing with anything, of course, but with cryptocurrency specifically, is yeah. first knowing what it is you're investing in. Because um, like Fry had talked about previously on another episode that we were on um, on another podcast, because <laughs> of uh, there was there was essentially very little use case when like when Bitcoin first started, it was pretty much just traded around for fun. It was worth basically nothing. And then even up to the point when it started gaining notoriety, it basically had no use case. And even up until the day we are talking right now, there's still very little use case for it in the grand scheme of, you know, standard money. But what's happening now is all of these projects that are being built are beginning to give all of these currencies an actual use case, especially because of the decentralized uh, financial market that is being built on Ethereum. Um, for people who don't know, Bitcoin is more of a currency itself, just like, you know, the dollar uh, okay. versus versus Ethereum is I usually like to describe Ethereum a country, basically, where you have different businesses built inside that country. And so because of that, the, you know, the the Ethereum like which is referred to as ETH, that's actually like the currency that you would have to use inside that country to work with any of these banks or any of these insurance companies or any of these other financial institutions that are being built inside that country. So that's the big difference between the, the two biggest ones, of course, which are Bitcoin and Ethereum. And then you have probably at this point, many, many thousands of projects just built on Ethereum alone. So if, if somebody is going to invest the first thing they should do, of course, is understand the difference between those two platforms. And if they get a little more involved, just make sure to really research the project and, you know, find a use case for it. Okay. So in simpler terms, even though it's not exactly that, but in simpler terms, it's like having the Jamaican dollar that you can use in Jamaica and then having your U.S. dollar that basically can be used anywhere. Um, in the Caribbean, because some some places or most places here, they still like if you don't have Jamaican dollars on you, they don't mind taking the U.S. dollar. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm understanding that it's like that, right? Yeah, and the great thing about something like Bitcoin is it's a, it's a world currency essentially, so anyone can use it anywhere. 
as long as it's not illegal in that country. And then, you know, that's, (laughs) then, you know, you just got to decide whether or not you're going to follow that rule. But okay. For for the most part, you know, there's not many, there's not many like restrictions that make it illegal to use. For the most part, it is a usable currency that can be basically instantaneously transferred between people. And you don't have any holding periods. You don't have huge fees that are taken out of it. Like a lot of other currencies, if you were trying to exchange, like, you know, if I was trying to send someone some, uh, you know, some US dollars, like even on PayPal, when I try and send someone like, yeah. And not only that, but sometimes it'll take like six days for them to get the money out. You know, it's like, yeah. And now like I get grumpy. I get grumpy if it takes six minutes to send money to someone. (laughs) I get I get all irritable <laughs> if it's not yeah, like I've got it takes about ten seconds and I'm like all right that's fine yeah I understand because like out here like my brother he uses PayPal because he works online so he doesn't really earn Jamaican dollars he earns in US so in order for it to get to his Jamaican bank account he'll have to send it um, from PayPal to the Jamaican account which means it won't be available for usage until like three to four days yeah yeah and that's you know that's not fair you have to to get like you know usually i think paypal takes like what a six percent fee just for you know just for when i'm swapping between like you know american clients they take a six percent fee so you know i don't know if they add additional stuff on top of that when you're actually like doing currency exchange and stuff like that as well Wow. Well, thank you for thank you for letting me understand because I I meant to go and do my research, but I just haven't got onto it. So I'm going to take up myself on doing the research since now I have people that are very well informed on Bitcoin. So yeah. Um I know that we went off a tangent with the cryptocurrency, but it's I'm going to this is very important, so I don't mind. So since COVID hit, right? Mm-hmm. How did you how did it affect the your web design business? Um, so you know, one of the things I wanted to kind of touch on was basically what it's like, like what are the benefits um personally. Because during something like COVID or just in general, when you're trying to build your own business, it's, it's a constant stressor. Like yeah, for myself, you know, and this is like before the amount of hours that I have on my plate on a regular basis now, but like you go to a normal job and all you have to pretty much do is show up on time. You show up on time, you work okay, and you'll probably keep your job. Um, yeah. When you are running a small business, you are everything, you know, like I'm, I'm the person who has to do every single task that my clients need of me, but I'm also, I'm also my financial advisor. I'm also the person who's going and looking for more clients. I'm the person doing the consultations with new clients that are, you know, potentials. I'm the person doing my taxes. I am the person who's running errands. I'm the person ordering supplies. I am everything. And also also trying to just be a normal human being. And so sometimes, especially, you know, before actually getting to the point that I am, 
it's like sometimes you just sit around and you're like, what the hell am I doing? Like, you know, I'm so busy all the time. And sometimes you feel like you're getting nowhere because all of those hours that you're putting in that aren't paid, a normal person would be getting paid for that kind of stuff. And then they would drive away or they would walk away from their job and that would be the end of their day. So once in a while, you know, you just start to assess like, is this all worth it? Like, you know, I'm not making very much at this time and I'm working so much. And then you hear like little things from people who have a regular job and they're like, they, they complain about, you know, how their coworker was rude to them or how their boss doesn't appreciate them. And they complain about, you know, having to get up too early. All of these things that like, you know, someone like myself takes for granted on a regular basis. So there, there's that that always kind of brings me back to center when I'm able to remember that kind of stuff. Because, you know, when you're so busy, it doesn't occur to you sometimes, but then you get those little glimmers and you're like, oh yeah, I'm really glad I don't have to deal with that. You know, I'm really glad that everyone I deal with is constantly so appreciative of the work I do. So when it comes back to COVID, that is something that really helps me get by. And, you know, it, uh, it really gave me the motivation to keep going, especially because right before it hit, my business was starting to pick up considerably. And I was really excited because I was like, oh my God, it's finally happening now. <laughs> I'm finally like getting super busy. And then COVID hit, everyone pulled back. I lost a couple clients. Um, and I was just like, wow, it was finally happening. And then all of this happened. And yet by about October, I was getting so busy that I was starting to look to hire someone. Oh, so you're saying that keep going even when it looks as if, you know, you feel as if you're not getting anywhere with the amount of work that you are doing. Absolutely. Because no matter, you know, it's like I have about 280 hours on my plate this month, but that's oh. 200, that's 280 hours that I can do whenever I want. You know, if yeah, I, if, if I want to go, you know, if I want to just dip out and go camping, then I can, I don't have to ask anyone for time off. You know, I don't have to, I don't have to do anything I don't want to, as long as I get my work done. I get to do it whenever I want to, and I get to live my life. And well, that's, a yeah. very, that's a very special thing that a lot of people never get to experience. That's so true. That is so true. Um, how do you guys balance the workload between you two and hold each other accountable so that you get the work <laughs> done? We kind of like have separate tasks, so we always kind of keep ourselves busy there. Um, you know, kind of to, to to go back to, to COVID, you know, and how it impacted my business. So it decimated my business for sure, because I was working in regenerative medicine. But I, I was okay with that, because I think a big part of working successfully in any relationship, or being successful in a business is being able to be adaptable to changes in the landscape, because that's yeah. going to happen all the time. And it if you're, is. if you're, yeah, if you're fluid, if you're like water and you can adjust to it, then you're going to be okay. And if you're not, then you're not. So when <laughs> I was working in regenerative medicine, uh, stem cell therapy, basically, I'd spent all this time building this business around that. But when COVID hit, you know, people, a lot of the therapies that we were able to sell, you know, they're not guaranteed to work. 
and it's it's really expensive and it's really for people who are looking for an alternative when other things haven't worked you know um and that's not necessarily something that people are going to grab it gravitate to that type of expense during covid so you know there just wasn't the market for it uh and i started to ask myself if i really believed in it that much or was passionate about it to that degree in the first place and yet here i am like taking all my time and making money from it and i'm not even sure if i believe in it so uh fortunately for me i i decided i didn't want to do it anymore and uh, i i gave up the rest of the business uh sold it off actually alex bought what was left of my client base and I went full full scale towards uh, DeFi and cryptocurrency and fully knowing that I could lose hardcore. Like, but I knew I believed in it and I wanted to do that more than anything else. And what was interesting is while the pandemic destroyed my previous business and things were a little quiet in the beginning with cryptocurrency, I remember telling Alex about it, saying, you got to do this. It's so great. Well, well, how are you doing right now? Well, I'm down about $2,000. Like, <laughs> if only you knew what I knew right now, you'd be fine. You just you got to invest, right? And he didn't listen to me because, of course, I was down. Well, January comes around, presidential election, uh, and, and all these different things happening with cryptocurrency. It just was the perfect storm. And suddenly Ethereum started raising in value. Uh, and uh, I started making a lot of money. And I started working with a few different projects that I really believed in. And everything just completely turned around. And it it started with me letting go of something that clearly wasn't working and just having the faith that I could do something new that would. Um, and that's, and that bringing that spirit to, to like our working relationship now, now that we both work in DeFi to, to some extent as well. Um, it's just once you kind of conquered those things and each of us have conquered our own uh, obstacles in that area, uh, it just becomes easier to be fluid in working relationships as well when you understand what the other person's capable of. Um, it's just easier to balance the workload and not feel like you're going to, I guess, get screwed. <laughs> you know, I, th I think another really, really important thing too, and like Fry and I have known each other for 14 years probably now, I think. And, yeah. you know, that, that of course has some value in it as well, but we've also seen each other go through ups and downs and that's, you know, we, we know that we're both very resilient despite being like, you know, we're human, we are human. And I think that that is a big thing to recognize that's, you know, a lot of other businesses, when you're in a standard business, you are not a human, you are a cog in their machine. And, yeah. you know, if your dog dies, they don't care if they you're, don't. if your mom is sick, they don't care, you know? If you're, I mean, I was hospitalized at my last job and I came back and they told me if I had been in the hospital one more day, they were going to fire me. Right. Uh, no yeah. You know, so there's one of the things that we are very good at for the most part <laughs> is remembering that we're both human beings. And, that, <laughs> you know, sometimes like we both need to just be human beings and not workhorses. And when, when I was saying that I've hired someone recently as well, you know, like, that's one of the things that I keep in mind too, is sometimes we have days when, you know, we're not feeling very good mentally or physically, and it's okay to have those days. It's okay to care about someone that you're working with and actually like connect with them on a human basis as well, because that's going to build a real rapport that matters. And it's going to build a stronger relationship. Yeah. I agree. 
That is well said, actually. And Defry, I want to commend you because you have something very valuable that a lot of people today don't have. A lot of us are afraid of changes. And because we don't know the outcome of certain things, we are afraid to take certain risks. And as such, we end up stuck every day in the same thing, doing the same thing that we don't even like in the first place because we are afraid of taking the step out to see what can possibly happen. And we always believe that if we take the step, things might not work out and we're afraid of failure as well. So we don't. And rather we subject ourselves to certain type of treatment as well because we are afraid to move on and we get comfortable in something that we already know is happening and going to happen. So you have a very good mindset. And as such, I think you will become successful because of your mindset, because you are not afraid to put down something that is not working for you. And I believe a lot of us need to take that and apply it to ourselves as well. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Um, it's very interesting how like we could actually get so comfortable in something that we absolutely can't stand, and it makes us miserable all the time. <laughs> it's like it's so easy to just sit there and rot, basically, <laughs> and like never try to like make anything happen because it's very frightening to take on all the responsibilities that normally you can just walk into a business and be like, here, take care of everything for me, you know. Suddenly you're in charge of all that kind of stuff, like I was saying, and it's a lot to put on your plate. It is. It is. And I think a lot of us are comfort. Like a lot of people are afraid, as silly as it sounds, a lot of people are afraid of the outcome of anything and that holds them back a lot. So mm-hmm. they, they just think that everything that they try is going to fail anyway. So they, they fear giving up what they already know is happening to them, but something that they don't know will happen to them. Yeah. So that's, that's, it's, it's really valuable that he has that. And I feel like he will become successful just from that one trait, because he knows that if he doesn't like something, he can just move on. And he has the faith in himself to know that, listen, I believe in this. This is what I'm doing, and I will accept whatever comes with what I choose to do. Yep. Really have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So since COVID, right, um, has it affected, um, your, well, of course it affected your business financially, but has it affected, what was I saying? My thought process <laughs> It actually was interesting because while it kind of crushed what I was doing, uh, you know, with regenerative medicine, it, it really helped that I was doing with crypto because there is something to be said of a bunch of people sitting at home on their computers, you know, all day that they yeah. might suddenly start taking an interest in Internet money, cryptocurrency, you know. Um, so it makes a lot of sense. But it's it's also it's interesting because there's that disparity of, ex- of experience. Right. It's the same reason. You have the crazy COVID deniers and all this other stuff out there yeah. is, is because you have some people that, you know, they've lost a family member to COVID, right? And you have other people that have been so isolated, they don't know what everyone else's experience is. You got people who think it's a hoax because they weren't personally affected. In my case, my mother is a respiratory therapist. So I'm aware very much that, that it's a real thing. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating too, like how, 
some a condition like that, you know, for some people is detrimental, has destroyed their business. Maybe they've been out of work since COVID, and and for other people, it's made them quite successful, or they've been able to invest in ventures that have made them su- successful. And and it's tough because, of course, not everybody has the same means, and that's something you always have to acknowledge, of course. Yeah. But you know, the the best advice I can give to anyone is exactly like I said, you know, to be fluid be like water and try to adjust with the circumstances as much as possible and to always do your best to be educated on the new things that are coming out because it, it really does matter. Yeah, that's so, so that is well said. Be fluid in, in, in things and learn how to adapt to changes. Any other advice you would give someone who is looking to start their business or thinking about it? Um, I would say, I would say like, one of the biggest important things to remember is to always be on the lookout for a chance to reinvent yourself. Uh, COVID, of course, a great example of that. Um, when you're in business for yourself or just in general, you know, trying to see past the the hardships and the negative the negativity that arise because it will happen. Um, you need to be on the fly and ready to be open to new things. Be ready to you know take those opportunities, the really tough ones when you're down and out and just be ready to look for something new. You know, it's like if COVID comes along and you lose your job, you know, working at a restaurant, use that time to completely reinvent yourself, do something different, make that time that, you know, put that effort into when you have that time, because you've already been forcibly removed from what you're comfortable from that's the perfect time to use that as a jumping off point to do something completely new and completely scary. Yeah. And I would say I would add to that. um, My, my answer would be to always sharpen the skills that you can do for yourself for free. For example, writing, if you're a good writer that I swear is like 90% of anything, Uh, writing, marketing, copy, copy, coming up with, something for an ad or for a flyer. Um, All this requires knowing what's going to catch someone's eye, what's going to be understood and what's going to deliver a story or send a message that's compelling to someone. And if you have that ability or a number of those types of abilities and you're able to do a lot of that stuff yourself, you're going to have a lower overhead, which means you're not going to have to make as much just to support you being in business for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say that one skill, like just, being able to do my own video editing, being able to do my own writing, being able to do all these skills in house. That means that like every time I take on a project, it's pretty much all profit for me. It's, it's very little expense that I pay for like a membership now to Adobe or to whatever, because I have that uh-huh. skill of video editing now. It's like nothing the cost to, to pay for something like that. So that, that would just be my advice is just, there's photoshop tutorials online on youtube there's literally walkthroughs on how to do everything you can imagine in the digital era online um so just get out there and learn educate yourself that's that's the way you can best be prepared for any kind of environment is to be educated yeah i mean we we live in a we live in a world right now where basically anyone with an internet connection can probably it can probably work for themselves you know it'll take time but there's so many, there's so many people offering every single skill of all types that you can imagine. All you got to do is sit down and hop on YouTube 
and you can basically become an expert at least in you know some way i mean a lot exactly. of, i you know i feel like i know so little because the the more the more that you learn the less you know it's so true yeah yeah that's how i feel because you never said a better thing and i have been practicing what you said where when you learn to do most of the things, you cut courses because I have lots. I have a side business of doing lots and I started practicing on my hair because I couldn't bother to take travel to do my hair and sit down and let somebody do my hair for hours. So I took it upon myself to learn to do it on my own. And as such, even though, I have about three customers. Those three customers are are consistent. So it's like I've gained, I've double gained because I've not only earned the skill to do my hair that I don't have to pay to do it, but you have people, no matter how small, coming to me to get their hair done as well. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it does pay off. And as much as YouTube can be annoying sometimes, there is actually a lot to learn and there's a lot of free knowledge on there. And that is where I learn everything. Exactly. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And actually that brings up a really good point too, because Fry and I recently started our own podcast about, I'm going to guess about three months ago now. Um, we've only actually been doing it on YouTube. So it's been a way to really, you know, I know for myself, it's been a way to really sharpen a lot of my editing skills because every time I edit one of our episodes, I try and do something a little bit beyond what I did before. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I've, I've gotten previously before really starting to do the podcast, I really didn't have too much video editing experience. And now, you know, just in the last like three months, I've been able to pick up like I've made uh, commercials, I've made instructional videos. I've made walkthroughs now just because like, you know, the more familiar I get with it, the more I feel like I can do. And then I want to start doing more things that I've seen, uh, more things on other podcasts and YouTube channels and things like that. So just, just forcing myself to take on another endeavor related to my own business has actually allowed me to do more for my other clients as well. So it, yeah. it just comes back to like, you know, pushing yourself, to take on that kind of time. And what I would say to anyone who feels like they don't have enough time, what I started doing was actually writing down the amount of time that I had to spend on particular projects that were my own as actual hours, because it's wow. so, it's so easy to just be like, I don't have the time for it. And then you catch yourself, you know, sitting down watching TV scrolling on hours. your phone and you're scrolling yeah. for 45 minutes. Oh, to yeah, yeah. Facebook is poison. <laughs> It's it's just it eats up so much time. Yeah, that's why I deleted mine. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's I think to be honest, Facebook has helped me in so much way in terms of my podcast than any other social media and Instagram than any other social media. So I won't say it's that bad because it, it does help in some areas. But you just have to learn how to take the accountability not to sit and scroll. And that's actually very hard yeah. when we all are walking around with handheld devices and we have to spend majority of our time inside these days. Yep. But, Absolutely. Um, for the YouTube thing, this, this that I'm recording from is actually free and it distributes your podcast episode i'm sorry that anchor isn't paying me to promote them but 
it, this it's free and it distributes your podcasting content to at least five to six different platforms. So what you can do is probably extract all the audio, audio from your videos if you still have them mm-hmm. and put them on Anchor. And then Anchor will then distribute them to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Beaker, and another one that I don't even remember the name, but it's quite a few podcasting sites. Yeah, and it's I, free. I have uh, I have experience with Buzzsprout from uh, a previous podcast that I worked on before this one actually, like mm-hmm. that I was doing for one of my clients, and I have experience with Buzzsprout. And, you know, because of the fact that we have, we just released our 12th episode today. And I think that that's enough to really like start putting out into, you know, another form just besides video. So I'm kind of looking into, you know, which one I think is best. And I've had a lot of people tell me that Buzzsprout is probably one of the best, but the problem with them, of course, is that you have for the service hourly. So it's like an hourly upload charge. And that's, that's not the worst part. The worst part is that if you don't maintain a membership with them, you start getting your episodes deleted. I don't know. I would try anchor. I I like anchor. It has other tools that you can use. Like if you want background music and stuff like that, and you can actually save, save all your recordings until you feel like you want to, upload them however i don't edit on anchor because i haven't figured out how to edit so i just use audacity because i feel like audacity is very user-friendly in that department but anchor it's really easy to use like you just upload the video file basically that you'd upload to youtube it'll extract the audio and then you can there's a setting in there where you can distribute to spotify and all the regular ones and like and like she mentioned it's free so i i would definitely suggest anchor i think we should try it yeah i think you should it's a cheaper alternatives and your episodes will be there forever unless you feel like you want to delete it on and since you're located in the u.s if you constantly promote them um, once you reach a certain amount of episodes, I think you can get money from just saying you recorded with Anchor and stuff like that. It's not a yeah. course, but you still get a, a, a change from it. Hmm. Yeah, we got a number of episodes to start with too, so that's nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah so as long as you, you, have the, you have the videos in your computer and haven't yet deleted them, I think you should try Anchor. Yeah, I'll probably give that a go. Oh, and it shows you statistics and everything, how much people listen and from what country and mm-hmm. where, which app they used to listen and stuff like that. Nice. Yeah, that sounds nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Anchor is a free way to start a podcast. So I'm actually grateful because I started my podcast with anchor and i covered it while just having a phone that was basically faulty it's just that this the equipment that i used to record my podcast at this very moment is not available so i come back to the basics by using my phone but mm-hmm. let me tell you anchor- you still there she might be coming back in a second what, what an odd time for it to cut out <laughs> well <laughs> 
Well, DeFi Expectations is our podcast, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, spelled D-E-F-I Expectations. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> DeFi Expectations. Yeah, I'm basically on that, um, you know, because of the fact that we're both in the uh, decentralized finance and cryptocurrency industry. Um, we talk with different uh, protocol developers and protocol is basically the easiest translation for that would probably be um, calling it a uh, company technically, even though that's of course not what it is. It's decentralized, but. Anyway. Sorry, something happened and it disconnected. No problem. He had to, he had to get going anyways, cause uh, he had something to do at five so I can finish up with you. Okay. That's okay. And since he already said, you know, he answered the last question and he said um, what he had to say. So I'm going to ask it again. Is there anything, is there anything, any other advice that you wish you had when you were starting that you now know? Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I guess just, you know, keep your eye on the prize and make sure that you actually know what you're trying to do. Um, what he had said about, you know, actually making sure, and he's told me this many times is when he had to reevaluate things during the pandemic, you know, he kind of decided that, you know, business had gotten bad at that point for the industry he was in, but also he had to kind of reevaluate at that time and decide whether or not he cared that the business of the, you know, the regenerative medicine had gotten bad and if he truly was dedicated to it or not. And that is why he, you know, totally made that full immersion into cryptocurrency and decentralized finance um, because it was something that he was passionate about. And I know personally, when I was throwing concerts, it was something that I heavily believed in to my core. Um, I did so much. I tried so hard and I put myself through absolute hell because I actually believed extremely in what I was doing, almost to the point of it being like, you know, if I was like a prophet in a religion or something like that. And it's like, <laughs> this is what I have to do. I don't care who's standing in my way. You know, it's like, I don't care if I'm breaking a law, if the law is wrong, you know, there's plenty of laws that are set by people who don't care about your rights or don't care about you and will do whatever they want. And they, you know, they're the ones in power. So they make laws. And just because a law exists, it doesn't mean that it's right. Now, That's of course, so there's plenty of them that, you know, are pretty, pretty well based in like morality of some kind. But, you know, when you, when you believe in something to a certain extent, you need to, you need to push forward with that. However you can, because it's important to be true to yourself. That's something that I lost for quite a long time. And when starting to get back into cryptocurrency on a more full-time basis, I found that again. Um, when I was, you know, the first month that I was really heavily getting into it, I couldn't stop talking about it all the time to the point where I felt like I had to apologize to people because I'm like, I know I'm just <laughs> rambling right now. You know, I, I'm like <laughs> apologizing to my girlfriend. I'm like, I'm sorry. I talk about this all the time. Just forgive me and listen to me. <laughs> like, but it was like, I found something I was truly passionate about again. And it's like, when, when you're in the business of marketing, 
sometimes, you know, you have to, you're, you're working with people that you might not necessarily like not fully agree with, or, you know, I mean, a lot of my clients, I, you know, I work with people of different political beliefs and different religious beliefs. Um, I get along with all of them very well. And actually on a very personal basis where I really care about all of my clients, I care about what I'm doing for them. And like I said, you know, being in the position I am, I am able to be aware that I am a human being, that they are human beings too. You know, they might, they might have many millions of dollars and they might be very successful, but sometimes they have problems just like any other person. And they, you know, will confide in me just on a person by person basis. And I think that's also a really unique relationship because sometimes if I'm having a bad day or something's wrong, I can tell them, I'm like, you know, I'm just having a really bad bout of depression today. And, you know, let's reschedule our call for another time, you know, and they'll do the same to me. And I think that's a really, really good way to work with people too, because it really like keeps things honest and it really does build that rapport, you know? So even though like I might not be passionate about like the particular business they're in, I am still passionate in general about my customers and I'm passionate about doing good work. But when it comes to being truly passionate about something, I'm really happy because I've been able to find that again in the cryptocurrency and decentralized finance world. And it's really, really hard to find something that you're truly passionate about that can actually, you know, get you up in the morning. And yeah, I have a huge amount of work to do, but I'm excited to do it, you know, and that's yeah. important too. Yeah, thank you for that. And I do appreciate that. And you have said you have to be excited about what you really want to do to really push forward. Mm -hmm. So that does make a lot of sense. And as such, I won't keep you any longer, but I want to thank you for giving me your time today. And Fry, even though he's not here at the moment, I want you to thank him for me for being here and letting us know all this information because time is money and money is time. Absolutely. So, yes, I'm grateful and I hope we will see you again in another podcast episode. I hope so too. And hopefully um, if anyone is interested in checking out more about cryptocurrency and decentralized finance, I can just tell you right now, there's a lot of stuff to learn and it's pretty crazy. So if you want to come over and check out our podcast, we try and keep things pretty fun on a regular basis. Um, <laughs> you know, come on over and see if you can learn a little something and hopefully get involved. Yes. I'm going to put all the information in the description box. So it's going to be pretty easy to, to find the podcast and listen to the podcast if you're interested in cryptocurrency. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm glad we finally were able to make this happen. <laughs> thank you as well. You go ahead and have a great day. What time is it over there? It is 5.15 p.m. Oh, it's 7 here. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, for I I don't even know like in what direction Jamaica is for me, but when you were saying that it's only two hours, I'm like, huh, I should probably try and go to Jamaica. Yeah. <laughs> it can't be that far away if we're pretty close in time zones. Yeah, we're pretty close, which is great because I've worked with people from England that is some crazy time zone, like six hours ahead or seven yeah. hours. 
head. Yeah, the hardest episode that we ever actually did was trying to interview someone from uh, Australia. That was yeah. very, very hard. I think that they're 14 hours or something like that or 10 hours yeah. ahead of us. Yeah, so I had somebody from Australia too, but he actually, he when he was awake, it was like three in the morning or somewhere there yeah, and i was that's, able that's to easier for us for sure. we we had to get him up at like seven in the morning his time on a saturday <laughs> to like make it all work for us yeah but you know con- congrats on everything and i'll definitely check out the podcast i'll put all the description in the, the, the you know the show notes and stuff so awesome. i'll talk to you later and i want to thank you again for coming Absolutely. Thank you again. You have a great one. Have a great one as well. Bye. Bye.